everybody. It's me, Jamie Hammond, with Fifth on the Daily. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Happy Tuesday. Sorry for the delay in uploading this particular episode. The move has been um, a little bit chaotic, not completely chaotic. Better, I would say, a controlled chaos. A lot better than past moves, I will say. Um, a lot better than my college move. That was a lot more chaos, I would say. But today, I just want to jump right into this, into what I want to talk about today. And it's going to be pretty quick, pretty to the point. But I want to address something that I've seen in my studies lately. And I really encourage you, if you're non-Christian, if you're not a Christian, maybe you consider yourself atheist, maybe you consider yourself to be just a skeptic, whatever title or whatever label you've given yourself. Maybe there's no label. <laughs> maybe you have labeled yourself as a non-label. I really encourage you just to keep an open mind like any of your professors or any logical book would tell you. Just keep an open mind and really listen to what I have to say. And I believe that you will know if this is right or not. Because truth of the matter is, truth, no matter what, whether you believe it or don't believe it, whether you feel like it's true or whether you don't feel like it's true, truth is truth. Truth will stand up to doubts. Truth will stand up to questions. Truth will stand up to concerns. So, truth is, if what I'm saying is truth, it'll stand up. And what's beautiful about all of this is that every other religion in the entire planet will disqualify you for your doubts and disqualify you for your questions. It demands that you don't ask questions. It demands that you don't challenge. It demands that you just kind of go along with the tradition. You go along with the flow. But what's beautiful about all of this is that I believe the God that I believe in, the one true God, the one that I believe created the heavens and the earth, the one that I believe created me and you, the one that I believe died on a cross for you and me, the one that I believe forgave us of all of our sins, the one who I believe saved us, the one who I believe redeemed us, the one who I believe can change your life around and give you hope, give you joy, give you peace, giving every, everything you've ever dreamed of, the, the God that I believe in, the God that knows you perfectly and loves you perfectly at the same time. You know, usually as human beings, the more we get to know someone, the more faults we see, the Harder it is to love, maybe, at certain points. But I will say that there is a being. I do believe that there is a being. There is a personal God. He's not just off somewhere in the distant universe, only concerned with big decisions and big changes in the world and the universe and how things are going with that. But I believe that his biggest concern out of anything is simply your well-being. I believe that just like the Bible says, it says, cast all your anxieties on him because he 
cares for you. And now that's the English translation. And that verse is from the New Testament of your Bible. It's the, I guess what you could call the second half. (laughs) The New Testament is simply, and I would listen closely to this if you're a Christian, Uh, When it comes to your studies, the New Testament begins after Jesus has risen from the dead. So I encourage you, even when you read stories of Jesus' life and read certain things that he said, I really encourage you to make sure that they fall in line with everything that is said after he rises again. For instance, Jesus might have said before he died on the cross, forgive others in order that your Father in Heaven will forgive you. And now there are people who actually take that verse and say, well, if I don't forgive other people, God will not forgive me. That's what Jesus said. But Jesus had not died yet. After He dies, we see verses such as, forgive others because Christ has forgiven you, or forgive others as Christ has already forgiven you. It's not forgive in order to be forgiven. It is forgive because you already are forgiven. But we see this verse in the New Testament. That was just a side note. We see a verse in the New Testament says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And in the original Greek, All I wanted to say from that is that the New Testament was written in Greek so we can get a deeper meaning when we look at the original Greek and how it's outlined in that language is this verse actually says, cast all your anxieties. And this is for both non-Christians and Christians. Cast all your cares, all your anxieties on God because, here's what it says in the original language, You are his concern. Isn't that amazing that there's a God who is often painted in a way where he just cares about big things. He doesn't care about your little problems. He doesn't care about that pimple. He doesn't care that you're losing your hair. He doesn't care that uh, you're going through a divorce. He doesn't care that uh, he doesn't care about your feelings. He doesn't care about what you go through. No. You, I love it. It doesn't say you are one of his concerns. It actually says you are, singular, his concern. Do you know that you are God's biggest concern? You are Jesus' biggest concern. Your well-being, your peace, how you're doing. Isn't that beautiful that God, God cares most about how you're doing? I think there are a lot of people in the world who think, well, God doesn't care how I'm doing. No, that's actually his biggest concern. How are you doing? How are you doing? And that's why the Bible says you can cast, you can put, you can lay, you can just lean all of your worries, all of your anxieties on him. All of them. You're big, you're small, you're medium. The things you feel like even aren't that important. Cast all your cares, all your anxieties on him because you are his concern. And I'm telling you, God is a lot better at being concerned than you are. 
Because lots of times when we're concerned, we can't necessarily do anything about the situation. We can't necessarily help the things that we worry about. But I can tell you that whatever God is concerned with, He'll always perfect it. But He can't do anything with that worry of yours, anything with that anxiety, if you keep it all to yourself and you put all that weight on yourself and all that pressure and you say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this work for my family. I'm going to get this. I'm going to make this financial provision work. It's all on me. There's a common saying, and this is what I really want to go at today. There's a common saying that says, God helps those that help themselves. And it sounds so tough, doesn't it? Doesn't it just sound tough? I bet the person who came up with that was probably just a tough guy. Or someone who thought they were pretty tough, at least. God helps those who help themselves. Oh, wow. Really? It sounds so holy, and it sounds so precious and it sounds so I wouldn't say precious I don't know why I just said that it sounds so convicted well I need to help myself if God's gonna help me hmm you know I can tell you the greatest way to look at life I think is through the lens of the cross look at it through the lens of Jesus God putting on skin and bone and dying Probably the worst death in the history of humanity for you and me. I think it's a good question to ask. Did God help those who could help themselves? Was that what the cross was for? Was that what the greatest miracle, the greatest blessing ever given to mankind, what I believe to be the greatest blessing ever to humanity? The blessing that forgave all, forgave all of us for all of our sins. The blessing that made us righteous in the eyes of God. The blessing that gave us favor before God. The blessing that <laughs> made us able to talk to God. Hello. That same blessing, how did it come when God sent his son to save us? Did he... <laughs> did he do it for good people? Did God send Jesus just for people who could help themselves? Well, actually, it, the Bible says, <laughs> actually, the complete opposite. It says that when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. No one cared when Jesus died. No one really knew that we even needed saving. So how could any of us help ourselves save ourselves? Jesus was the only one who could save us. We couldn't save ourselves. So it actually seemed like God helps those who couldn't help themselves. Goodness gracious. If I were you, uh, that would be something that I would write down. God helps those who can't help themselves. Well, Jamie, what, what are you trying to say here? What, that sounds a little, 
a little helpless. That sounds a little, I can tell you this. I can tell you this about the Christian life. I can tell you this about believing in Jesus and following him. It's much different than you've ever thought. It doesn't really necessarily make sense in the first place. All the self-help books in the world will be very contradicted. Every self-help book that you've ever read, every self-improvement system that you have ever come up with, this will totally contradict it and it will mess with it and it will be a little bit hard to understand the deeper entrenched you are with that. Because no, yes, I can, Jamie. Yes, I can. I can do it. I can do this. I can save myself. I can make it in this life. I can get out of this hole. I can. I can deal with this guilt. I can deal with this brokenness. I can deal with this bitterness. I can. I can. I can. Well, as long as you want to put your hands on the situation, God takes his hands off that situation. It's just the truth. That's why we see the Bible saying things like that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. What is flesh? Flesh simply means our self-effort. Putting our hands all on everything. Doing things out of our own strength, our own merits, what we deserve. I do good so I get good. I think it's good to do good things. But Jesus didn't die on the cross because anyone did something good. Actually, he did good because he was good. God is good just because he's good. God is good even when people are bad. He helps those who can't help themselves. It's when you can't that he can. It's when you take your hands off that he puts his hands on. When you work, God rests, but when, when you rest, when you take your hands off, God works. So my encouragement today, before I pray, is to take your hands off the situation and let God work. Take it off and let God work. And all I want you to notice as a non-Christian is I just want you to think about this for a while. Think about how different this is from every other religion and every other religious system you may have heard of in your life, even of Christianity that you may have been painted a picture of. Jesus died for you to save you, to forgive you, to give you a better life, abundant life, a good life. I believe in a good God, and that's really the God of this universe. So I encourage you just to think about that. Send me questions. Send me anything. If you want to email me or just get in contact me, get, get in contact with me, email me at fifth with a five th daily at gmail.com. <coughs> anyway, <coughs> I'm going to pray 
and then I'm going to close it out. And don't miss tomorrow's YouTube video in my new location in Colorado. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pray. And then, uh, yeah, I encourage you to share this on Facebook. So, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus, and we do. We choose to say, we choose to look at every situation in our lives and just say, we take our hands off. And we believe you put your hands on and you prosper it and you empower it and you build it up in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, I'm Jamie Hammond with Fifth on the Daily. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember, YouTube channel tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow. I love you so much. God bless you. And I'll see you tomorrow. Have a happy Tuesday.